segment tonight uh, we're going to have the lovely horror author uh, Lydia Peaver calling in um, as a co-host and we're going back to our Wax Teeth segment where we review indie horror films, um, underground films or things that were lost in the fire. A uh, real special one tonight that we're going to be going over and that would be Pieces of Talent um, by Joe Stauffer, a fantastic director. Uh, with a fantastic cast, including uh, actress Christy Ray and David Long. And who is David Long? We're going to get into that. Uh, this was this is a special one. So Lydia will be in in a little bit here. And um, gosh, I don't know. It, who knows what could happen? Uh, lots of times things happen randomly for a reason when I tell them that we're doing a show. And other times nothing at all happens. But Lydia will be here and we'll be talking. We're going to do our, again, return to our wax teeth. We have a lot of catching up to do. It's been a while since we've done a wax teeth episode uh, on those lost horror movies and the newly found ones. And uh, this one has crept in as a favorite of mine. And wow, the dog barks in the background and I'm getting a call. Speed of randomness. Uh, caller, hello, hello, hold on here. Uh, yes, uh, we have a call here on Kettlewest Radio. Uh, who do I have here? I, I don't recognize the number. Uh, my name's Ken, and uh, this is my first time calling in. Ah. Uh, I'm a teacher from uh, right outside of Pittsburgh here, and I uh, have a, uh, like an amateur interest in cryptozoology. Ah, you got and, the right uh, place. got the right place. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, it's one of the things you guys talk about, right? Yeah, I, yeah, um, absolutely. Okay, well, look, the uh, reason I'm calling is uh, I got a hold of your book. Uh, dwelling in the dark and uh, I gotta tell you man I'm really blown away by uh, what I've been reading here I'm only halfway through it and uh, let me tell you it's been giving me nightmares okay this is, this is absolutely no joke um, I'm, I'm about 120 pages in and this thing is just you're all over the place with it alright <laughs> speaking of random yes yes uh... but, but you know what but I love that I love that it, uh, this, this idea of an anthology this collection I mean you know one story where you know it's kind of like uh, the first story uh, what, what is it uh, the advent of autumn yes has like a very 
Stand By Me, mm. Stephen King, it kind of vibe going on. Thanks. Uh, and then we're jumping to, uh, you know, uh, Deeper, where you have, you know, again, like you, what looks to be like a normal weekend, uh, you know, at the, at the, you know, at the family cottage, and it takes a very, very dark and twisted turn. Um, you know, and then you know, with uh, with Beam and I, we're out west, and then uh, with uh, uh, what's the name of the one where? Um, Oh, let me see. I'm totally blanking on the, the story here. Oh, with the commune, and, and so, so you do kind of a '60s flashback too. Yes, um, the commune that, that was uh, featured in Rise of the Dead. That's the one that um, John Russo himself, who wrote the original Night of the Living Dead with Romero, um, yeah. that that made it into that anthology, and he had to approve of that one. We had to fit it in the timeline of Night of the Living Dead. Yeah, it's in the anthology of Burning Bowl Publishing, uh, Rise of the Dead. Yeah, Thanks. very cool, man. I'm telling you, what, I'm just I'm just really enjoying this. Um, you know, and I think here's what, here's what really impresses me about it is that you know you have very different timelines. You know, you're writing you're writing contemporary. You're going back old west with with Dean and I. Uh, you're doing uh, you know kind of kind of the fantasy. What's, what's the fantasy story with um, Harren Malks? Yeah, uh, that's actually uh, I wrote that one in college. Yeah, worlds apart. It's it is the uh, yeah. I, I did that. You you sound like you are definitely a teacher. I wrote that one for creative writing in college, and it was the first story that the guy actually liked. <laughs> and uh, yeah, because it was out there. Of course, he made the mistake of saying you can't take your audience from a real place and then turn it into a fantasy, which is all I ever do. So I don't. I never understood what he's talking about. But yeah, I, I, I would disregard that advice. Yeah. <laughs> here's what here's what I really like though is that that. You and, and and this is so important that you can jump from you know from from timeline to timeline from genre to genre, and 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 it excels. I mean, it just works, you know. So so that's kind of that's kind of the neat factor about this book is that as you're reading it, you know, you really the first couple paragraphs you start a new story. The first couple paragraphs it takes you a little while to get your bearing, like okay, now where where am I? And, mm. You know, what's the time period? What's the you know. Uh, with the, the the background reference, you know the context. So, so, so I'm really enjoying the hell out of it. I mean, it's just it's just it's such a such a cool because you don't know what what, what the next chapter is going to bring. You don't know where you're going to be. Um, just, just great, great stuff. I but, really appreciate it. I mean, and I get nervous when I hear a teacher is reading this. And but if you're into cryptozoology, then it's it, it'll be your cup of tea. Um, it is, absolutely, absolutely. It really is something for everybody. I think in this book, cool. You know, because you've got, I think you've got your, you know, definitely you're going to pull in your hardcore horror audience, but you also have, you know, just like the the, 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 the weird western, big mm-hmm. fan of Jonah Hex, you know, yes. comics, mm-hmm. and uh, and I think I think. You Definitely tap into that with Demon Knight, which is just just a really cool mashup of like horror and western and. Uh, it was uh, yes. There's a story behind that. That was bizarro western. Actually, it was Demon Eye was uh, in the Westward Hose anthology by Burning Bulb. Right. Yeah. Right. And Demon Eye Two oh, yeah. is also I, I followed it up with a, a second story. Uh, you should know that Demon Eye One actually is a comic book. There's an adaptation being created. I'm storyboarding it now. We're up to page oh, twenty out of twenty six. It'll be done. It looks magnificent. Um, yeah, the the artist is just amazing. It's an, it's an anime format, which is a dream of mine. Oh, cool. Yeah, cool. yeah. So that yeah, look, we have that to look forward to. I love getting these random calls, and every now and then we do get them. Um, and sometimes we have friends call in too of the show, but um, not, not too often. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll tell you what. Here's the thing too, because I I, um, I just recently read for the second time, uh, Fall of Tomorrow. Oh, thank which you. Again, just, just sprawling, epic, end of the world, 
you know, uh, venture. And and, I, and what's great about uh, Dwelling in the Dark is it, it provides like a great, it's a great companion book. But I don't think you necessarily have to read them both. Correct. To enjoy them. Thank but you. When you do read them together, it just lays like another level of like uh, like understanding to it. Wow. And you kind of see, you get a bigger picture of the world where Fall of Tomorrow happens. And so, uh, you know, it, the only other place I've seen that done, and, and, and I think you're kind of you, you, you're kind of hitting around that is um, Max Brooks, World War Z. <laughs> At, yes. the end, at the end, where he starts doing like the the anecdotal records of, you know, here's the first recorded history in ancient Egypt of a zombie outbreak, and here's mm-hmm. one that happened in Africa. And, you know, you're kind of like hitting all around, leading up to this is this is how the fall of tomorrow happens. These are kind of yes. like some precursors, and not so, so not zombies. That, <laughs> now, when you look at that, I'm thinking like you have had like some kind of master plan. Yes. Like in your head for mm-hmm. for how this was all gonna and, and all the pieces kind of fit together so well. Thank you. So uh, yeah, man, I'll tell you what, just just hell of a good read. Uh, I, I recommend it highly. Both books, Follow Tomorrow, Dwelling in the Dark. Um, I and I honestly, I can't wait to finish it. Like I, you know, I was just paging through and I see you know, Demon Eye Two is coming up. Can't wait to get to that <laughs> one. Yes, I really enjoyed the first uh, the first uh, you know. Installment. So uh, I appreciate. It. Yeah, the idea they they do all. You, know, you said the uh, you said that the, the W world uh, word uh, the Z word I should say World War Z. Actually, um, I got mad that it wasn't character driven, so I wanted to do just the opposite. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I think you've done that, and I've done that that you that you can follow. And I'll tell you what, that's that's the other thing too. You have like a real. Uh, you get a big fan of, of Walking Dead, particularly mm-hmm. Kirkman's comics. And I remember when I was in the comic shop a couple of years ago, um, the, the, the guy there that they recommended Walking Dead to me, he says, you know, the, the, the whole of this, you know, for this series is no one is ever safe. Mm. And, and I think you can say that about your book, too, because there's been a lot of times I'm reading, oh, you know, when I was reading the second time I threw Fall of, the, the Fall of Tomorrow, and I know it's coming. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, this is a, I really like this character. I really like this character. And then something horrible happens, you know, and you're like, oh, my God, I, mean, I for- totally forgot about that. Like, you know, I thought this is, you know, the way you, you, you really do kind of play with the audience. You have it set up like, oh, well, clearly this he's investing a lot of time into this character. This character is certainly safe and going to see, you know, their way to the end of the book. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Oh, so, again, I love, love the twists and turns. You definitely uh, you do a lot to, I, I think, you know. To, to kind of kind of break those stereotypes, like you know, uh, you know don't. It's, it's definitely not predictable. Cool. Definitely not predictable. And that you know, for a guy who reads a lot of horror and science fiction and stuff like that, that's a hard thing to do. That's a hard thing to, to I think, throw a, a curveball by me. Wow, man. Well, Ken so, from so Pittsburgh, I, I got I got to give you your own show, man. This is fantastic. <laughs> okay, well, more books, please. Oh, books. Just, just, no problem. And, and here's, here's the other thing too. Like I'm reading the introduction about how you know dwelling in the dark is such an appropriate title for this. What is wrong with you, man? <laughs> what kind of dark, you know, crazy thoughts are you? Are you? You know, this is the stuff that makes it on the paper. What you must wrestle with day to day. God. It was written while dwelling. I was literally inside your head. I'm I'm terrified for you. I was literally dwelling in the dark when I wrote that. It's just no. I'm a, clearly, man. I yeah. think you need to follow up with like uh, 
something a little more something a little more pleasant. <laughs> like a children's story. How about a children's some a happy little picture book? Or You're something. not the first person to say that. I have family that tells me I should be doing that too. Uh there is one in me. I I, I did do one. We we'll see what happens with that. <laughs> All right, man. I'll right. tell you what, big fan, keep it coming. Um and, and, and like I said, can't recommend these highly enough. If you, if you haven't checked them out, definitely check them out. Uh, definitely worth a, worth a, worth your time. I pre- yeah, cool. Amazon.com. They're both there, folks. I, I appreciate this. Uh, Ken from Pittsburgh, the teacher of cryptozoology. <laughs> uh, great call, man. Um, feel free to call back sometime. Hey, I will. Uh, final grade? Yeah. I'm going to give him an A. Hey, all right. An A. All right. It's been a while. Don't, don't let it go to your head, though. Don't get, don't get complacent. <laughs> don't get lazy. No way, man. No way, man. The third one's right. in the works. All right. <laughs> All right. All right. Thank you, sir. I uh, hope to talk to you again. Uh, Absolutely. Take care. Thank you. All right. Wow. That was uh, Ken from Pittsburgh. (laughs) Oh, boy. I'm exhausted. And coming up, (laughs) we're going to be doing Wax Teeth with Lydia Peaver. Stay tuned, folks. I'm not afraid of the dark, but you should be. There are things that dwell here. In the dark, things best left unseen. With the initial smoke clear from the fall of tomorrow, the blood now flows even thicker with dwelling in the dark. Eleven stories, all bits of the same mysterious puzzle, fitting together with horrific parallels to its predecessor. Get ready for new, truly terrifying tales set in the broken world from the fall of tomorrow. Take a closer look at what's now dwelling in the dark. If you dare. Available on Amazon in traditional print and ebook. Get your copy today. Visit www. .fairlydarkproductions.com for more info on the author and his work. The corpse was mutilated so badly that it could not be identified. The corpse had been sodomized. The wrists, ankles, back, and buttocks had been slashed. The testicles were mutilated. The blood had been drained from the body. The right eye had been removed and the eye socket filled with hot wax.
promised, we have a, the return of Lydia Peaver and our Wax Teeth segment. Lydia, how are you? I'm really good. How are you doing? Great to talk to you again. It's been a long time. I hear you've been very busy. Yeah, I know. We've both been busy. Oh yes. Gosh. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. <laughs> we've done a lot of publishing and we've done a lot of podcasting and it's a little bit nuts. It's kind of but funny. I- we flip-flopped. Yeah. Oh, completely. Completely <laughs> flip-flopped. <laughs> well, so what's the podcast you're doing? Uh, right now, Dead Air with Wes Knipe, and we cover splattered pictures. Uh, we like to get into some of the things that the films that we're enjoying right now in horror are derivative of. Okay. And some of our favorite contemporary, bloody, gory, or psychologically intense, uh, intense horror films. Okay. Can you give me an idea? Because I, I try to see them. They're, I mean, they're few and far between lately, unless you go indie. indie. I guess these are indie films you're doing? Not all the time. Okay. Uh, some, some of the time, yeah. So we don't concentrate on one thing or another. Um, most recently, I think we did The Host, and it was oh. a listener request. Yeah, I, I own it. Yeah. Oh, that's a great movie. I wouldn't. I wouldn't typically get a monster film. Right. And Wes wouldn't typically suggest it because it is a monster film, <laughs> and he likes them. But yeah. That ended up being a really good episode. We did, for Women in Horror Month, we did The Loved Ones. Oh, good. And, oh, yeah, that was a really uh, favorite pick of mine. We've covered The Burning as far as, like... Love it. Yeah. I had never seen it. That was, a, that was a West suggestion. Yeah. And uh, Tombs of the Blind Dead. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. Okay, I own that on VHS, actually, so I'm not too far behind. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I think... <laughs> I think you'd enjoy it, so tune in. Uh, we're at spotterpictures.net or search Dead Air on iTunes and Stitcher. Basically. Oh, I will. I absolutely will. Good to know. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, The Host 2 is actually, I saw a trailer recently. The Host 2 is coming out. Mm-hmm. Uh, the monster is on the land, on land now, I think. I'm not sure. Um, it was, it, it hit all kinds of different yeah. atmospheres. It was in the water. It was hanging and swinging. And <laughs> swinging under the bridge. Everything. <laughs> yeah, it was an awesome monster. Yes. The Japanese. And the emotional scenes were a little weird, but I, I never know how to take that. They get overly emotional with the whole family and the gymnasium thing or whatever was happening there. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, that scene I got a little bit. Yeah, like this is, are they going for comedy or is this sad? I don't, well, anyway, that's why it's good to have you back with Wax Teeth here. Um, and I picked this movie especially because it's not a monster movie. And I know you, I, I love my monsters, but you love uh, the slashers and the uh, serial killers and evil people and pieces of talent we watched. Yeah, it was an, a really good find, a really good film. I'd heard a little bit about this, but mm-hmm. I hadn't paid it too, too much attention just because I'm not um, a big movie buyer. I don't jump, like, I don't, you know, buy a lot of films. Mm-hmm. It was shortlist. But I made the shortlist, and it was right after Disco Path, actually, was is the next film I decided to buy instead of it. But mm. I bought it anyway. You have to yeah. tell me about that. I thought you maybe suggested it because it was so much in the countryside and his sculpture and the rusted everything and the barn workshop. Wow. Okay. I'm, I have to revisit this one. There's too much in this head right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, well, this is Joe Stoffer's Pieces of Talent with, uh, starring Christy Ray, David Long. And Joe Stoffer is actually in it. He plays, um, the gas station attendant. Oh, yeah. If you remember. <laughs> But, um, I met these guys and they were phenomenal. They were at the horror realm and they sold, um, sold it themselves. I mean, they really did. David Long wasn't there, but, and we all, well, if you watch the movie, you know that he is the, uh, <laughs> psycho, uh, so to speak. I don't know. What do you call him? Um, you don't want to give uh, away too much, but 
he was wow he's a little too gleeful to yeah. be considered a, a typical psycho yeah especially because it becomes such modern parlance on tumblr and stuff like that everyone's being accused of being a psychopath constantly ah. and we have books like the psychopath test and stuff like that he doesn't really fit into all that true he is different uh the giddiness is so uncomfortably and hilarious at the same time um like I, I compare this one to I go back to Maniac, the original Maniac. Uh, the one, the one with Elijah Wood was pretty good, but the orig- original Maniac. Have you ever seen that? Yeah, yeah. I have. William Lustig, nineteen eighty. Uh, I guess uh, Tom Savini. I think that might have been his first. Uh, yeah, uh, we covered it for yeah. uh, Dead Air. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. So cool. We have an episode. Yeah, excellent. I <laughs> <laughs> definitely will tune in. But yeah, he kind of reminded me of Frank, but Frank was not having as much fun. Um, oh God, no. no! Frank was a sweaty mess, and I mean, <laughs> I I don't know. I think when we saw Frank in his alone times, he was a lot more charming, enraptured. Oh no, when he was alone, uh, yeah, I know. He was a lot more enraptured in his madness, and he mm-hmm. was a lot more childlike, and it was he was like helpless. Yes. Where when we see David alone, mm-hmm. he's pretty out there he's uh, this blank slate glazed over totally <laughs> lost in his madness but not externalizing it at all so i think yes. it's kind of opposite okay all right cool cool but yeah I, the, the one tie-in that i would say uh this is what got me the bathtub scene and this is when he's uh meditating or going into his own mind or his version of he actually he talks about hell and he tells somebody i don't want to say who but one of the characters you know i'm going to see you in that other place, you know, after this is all said and done. And then you, you have him in the bathtub. I don't know. What, what would you call that? Is he meditating? Is he foreseeing? Uh, I mean, all the, uh, the characters, people he has killed are clawing at him and there's blood. And, uh, that reminded me, that's why I was thinking of maniac. Ah, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Without it giving reminded me more of the scene in parents where the little boy has a nightmare of mm. uh, cannibals and blood and things like that. Parents, wow. That's a good one. That was that's yeah. a good throwback. Good that, throwback. That's, that one's been on my mind lately. That's a really good movie. I, I, another one on VHS that I have that I I, did, I never transferred. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just I don't know. I this guy was different. He was different as far as the other killers that we've seen, and he's creating his own film. <laughs> um, I guess we call it a snuff film. Uh, is it the epitome of stuff snuff films? I don't know. Uh, but he's making an art film. <laughs> He is making an art film, and it's sort of like the Paper Hearts of Horror. Have you ever seen that film, Paper no, Hearts? No, no, that I have not seen. Uh, it's it's a teen romantic thing. It's not something I typically watch. Okay. I can't remember the name of the actress, but she's a songwriter, actress, comedian type person. Okay. And it's the same sort of thing without any of the the gore, you know. Okay. Without well, any of the I'll look it up. Madness. That was like an old HBO film. I think they used to sh- they used to run it a lot. Uh, okay. This reminds me too. I don't know if you were. I mean, are you in Ottawa right now? Yeah, you are. Um, there's a great hockey game on right now. I'm surprised that you even wanted to do this. Um, the Pens and uh, Senators right now are uh, going at it. Pretty. It, it's not bad. Um, I don't know how it's going to turn out, but it's going to turn out while we're doing this show. So we'll never know. We'll know afterwards. But yeah. I, I could care less. I think You're I'm out. The worst Canadian. I don't like hockey. Yeah, I, I think like we, sports in general. We established but... that a long time ago. I think. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway, back to David Long and his madness here. Uh, the way, Where you really, I don't know, I can't help but laugh at the scene with the character Jay who shows up um, and he claims to be uh, either a camera tech or director. 
and he's going to help him shoot this film, he thinks. Yeah, he's a jack of all trades. Yeah, jack of all trades in the film industry. I mean, the, the first thing, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he starts to pick up on it when the guy, David, says, all right, take your shirt off. And he's like, uh, I have to do a half nude scene. And he's like, just, just take it off. And then he, when he takes it off, he like smells his shirt. <laughs> And then he grabs his zipper. He's like, "Oh, your flies down." And he's like, you know, "What does he say? I'm a man. I'm a, I'm a hands-on guy." <laughs> yeah, it's part of his disarming charm, right? He's so disarming because he'll do something like smell your shirt, but then tell you you need deodorant. So it's almost like, "Whoa, wait, what just happened?" Right. But then it's like he totally he, he went to do his fly up, yeah. But then <laughs> he almost gets away with that. But that's sort of uh, um. An amplified version of the way he operates. Yes. And, but four things happen, like, real quick right there when he meets Jay, and they're out in this field shooting nothing. And um, he grabs his zipper. He smells his shirt. He slaps him in the face and then says, this is the perfect <laughs> place to film a murder. I mean, horror. <laughs> yeah. It's <Which, laughs> great. That's pretty much his entire personality right there. And smiling at you the whole time, like, oh my God. hug me. I'm, I am a teddy bear. Yeah, I am yes. a human teddy bear. Yes, right he now. acts like a human. Yes, yes. That giddiness and that smile. I got to tell you, when I met these people and um I, they uh they had a cutout of david's head on a stick and you could look yeah but you could look through it and put your eyes through it and it looks like he's standing right there we took pictures with this thing um because i did buy a copy of the film they all signed it and everything and uh, they they did a very smart thing which uh, i everybody should do this i did a lot of conventions i've done a lot of conventions with like john towers and nelson piles and and you have these people with the same loop going the whole time you're hearing the same trailer over and over and over well these people had two tv set two headsets and they and they would play it for you in its entirety so you're not being annoyed but after you saw the trailer you wanted to buy that movie and it was mm-hmm. very smart, very simple, you know, very simple tactic that I hadn't seen before. Usually, like I said, they're just looping it and annoying the people around them. Yeah, we had the um, Ottawa Horror Volume 1 and 2 short films. And we that was enough of a different thing on the screen often enough that wasn't annoying. And it wasn't annoying to us all day either because there was like, God, I think like 25 films to choose from or something. So they they were on a loop. So it's not, yeah, not like one trailer over and over well, that's, uh, you know, I, I want to ask you before I forget to ask you, uh, what's going on with Nightface? <laughs> uh, oh, bad I, question. Oh, it's never a bad question. Um, I finished the first draft of Nightface 2. Okay. And I read it over once, and I'm reading it over again, and then I'm going to start hitting it with a pencil, oh. and then a red pen. Oh, okay. <laughs> I see. Light artillery. <laughs> I understand. Okay. I didn't know if I missed something, if you went through a different medium or something. And, uh, like, did, did she go, you know, what's that? Was it flash fiction? There's that. And I didn't know if I, I missed it, but I'm still looking forward to it. Oh, yeah. I have a few short stories out and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good. Okay. I just didn't want to, I didn't want to forget. I mean, I would have forgotten once we get into this. Um, but back to the giddiness of the killer here, David Long. Um, what I admired and at the same time, and it leaves you feeling uncomfortable for the killer where he has a disregard of le- leaving evidence or cleaning up blood. Like he just like, it's everywhere. I and mean, he's even watching his own footage. He's putting blood stains on the v- VHS tape. Um, that he's putting in, I, mean, I guess it was a VHS tape, all over his camera, all over his house. <laughs> I mean, he wears a jumpsuit, but the blood's everywhere. And he, the best part is he kills somebody just feet away from a busy highway. 
Yeah, that's one of my favorite deaths. And mm. of course, he's like so far just one of our favorites. The whole the beginning of the movie starts out extremely intense. Jenny. Like the first minute is ridiculously intense. Yeah. And then it's like just the whole half of the film. So that particular death is the first really I don't know if it's the first really violent thing, but it's the first nice big long shot that you get to just see mm-hmm. his brutality and his quickness and his speed and how much of a trained killer he really is. Yes. And yeah, that flagrant disregard for other people, the mess. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like he'll never get caught, ever, never. Maybe not. And you get the impression that he's done this before. He talks about it briefly. Um, but how long has he been doing this? And um, Did you stick around for the credits, too? The the end credits? Very, very end? Uh, the first time, probably. I don't know. Well, no. there, there's a, well the, the, first of all, the soundtrack, I thought, was amazing, which is rare these days. I love when a soundtrack is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's a rap song at the very end of the credits. And it's, oh, my God, yes. Uh, yeah, um, who's who's David Long? Classified? David Long. Yeah, yeah, with a K. <laughs> with a K, classified. And, oh, and, everything's with a K. And everybody's, totally. David Long is everybody. <laughs> that's that's actually a really good song. Yeah. I, I was, like, number one shocked, because I'm not a, I'm, a, I'm, that's not in my music rainbow, <laughs> classified. <laughs> but um, I recognized him, and I didn't know that he was still doing music, but whatever. Yeah, I'm going to look into that, because uh, from what I understand, uh, Joe Stoffer told me that the soundtrack's available for free download, so. Um, it is, it, it definitely is. Oh, cool, Okay. I'm going to look into that now. Charlotte, played by Christy Ray. What did you think of her? I liked her a lot. I liked her name, like Charlotte, Charlatan. Yeah. Being a regular girl that's actually an actress. She's a, you know, an actress maybe playing the role of a regular girl. It's, it's yeah. kind of a cute name for a character. Definitely. Um, and, you know, she has a weird relationship with her mother who, <laughs> well, they don't get along. I don't want to give away too much. Um, it reminds me of like um, a 60 year old Jenna Marbles and I got that impression the moment I saw her mom and I couldn't shake it so my impression of the mom is awesome and tainted <laughs> yeah and she was a good actress too I don't yeah. I, did, I didn't catch her name I'll get in trouble for that but um, yeah she was really good I, all the acting was really good and you feel for all these characters You even the guy the producer oh, I believe his name was Frank um the, the producer in the strip club, um, yeah, it was Frank, the producer. He, uh, I, at first I thought, I thought I was looking at Wes Craven. <laughs> kind of in, a, in that light, yeah, definitely. You look like Wes Craven. But, yeah, I mean, you, you get to know these people, and you, um, some of them you, you do care about, and uh, other times you're actually cheering for David Long. And uh, I'm getting a phone call right now. I'm not sure. Oh, North Carolina. Hmm, I wonder who this is. I'm going to put this person on speaker here. Oh, God. Yep, yep. Hello? 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 You're, you're, David? Are you there? Is this uh, is who I think it is? I think it's Christy. <laughs> yeah. Christy Ray, we were just talking about you. Um, I'm here with Lydia. Oh, hi. Lydia Peaver is here. She's a horror author extraordinaire. Um, and she it comes on the show here when we talk about indie horror or unforeseen horror or things missed along the way. And we call the segment Wax Teeth, so welcome. Well, thank you. I'm excited to be here. Well, we were just talking about your performance and how much we loved it. We lo- even your name in the in the movie, perfect. Charlotte. Charlotte, yeah, I know. We were just discussing that. Um, but, yes, we, I wanted to ask you first of all now, well, you guys, you sold more than 30 copies of your film on a Sunday at Horror Realm, 
which is something not usually done on the Sunday of any convention I've been to. Your tactics were amazing. Well, thanks. Um, we, we got it down to the science at this point. We've been on a tour for about the last two months. So, you know, it's, it's all about just being inviting, I think, to people and showing them that you have a quality product and you're not trying to just shove a bunch of crap down their throat. So we definitely worked our butts off to present the best yeah. Ourselves that we could. Yeah, you definitely did. It was all about you, you, the eye contact that you kept with people. Like every time I brought somebody over to your table, they're like, "That girl knows how to sell." I'm like, yeah, yeah, she's pretty good at it. And your ta- your tactics were good too. I was me and Lydia were just talking about that. Um, mm-hmm. Did I lose you, Lydia? You, you, you know, <laughs> no, I'm here. Can you come work for me? Can you market my this and that? And I really just am not good at marketing anything except for something I really believe in. So it's really easy to do when you know you put your heart and soul into something. It's like you just talk freely. Oh, yeah. Everyone can see your passion. And it's magnetic, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Magnetic. Yeah, absolutely. Now, how did you meet uh, Joe Stauffer to begin with, the director? I actually, um, I came across the audition for Charlotte on a Craigslist ad. Wow. And that's pretty remarkable and scary if you really think about it. (laughs) <laughs> the ad didn't come from Joe. It came from, um, actually, from David Long. I was going to say David yeah. Long. <laughs> that yeah, is so well, creepy. That was the scary part because once he gave me the script, I thought maybe I was auditioning for, like, a real stuff film, you know. So um, <laughs> really between Charlotte and David, and David is a real person, and David, you know, sent out the emails, like, looking for the girl, just like in the movie. So yeah, it was oh a little too for comfort, but Charlotte was just a gem of a character. I mean, she's, I think every actress has a dream. She has so much depth. She's very dynamic and um, wholesome, but she's strong, and she's angsty, and she's a little callous, but she has a sweet heart, you know, and she's got dreams, and she's like a blue-collar girl. Everybody can relate to her. I just fell in love with her, so... I, I took a chance on a Craigslist ad, and I'm really glad that I did. Before a snuff film. Lydia, would you answer that ad? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd totally answer that ad. I mean, and that answered my <laughs> biggest <girl>. question. <laughs> oh, totally. Um, <laughs> I forgot who I was dealing with here. <laughs> it was an internet movie database that some of the actors thought that they were maybe going to end up in a real snuff film, and I guess that would be you. <laughs> yeah, that was definitely me. Whoever put that trivia in has heard this story before. Um, but all the other actors have known Joe personally, so I was the only one new to the project, um, and that was the scary part. It was like a running joke for a while. I mean, we reshot a lot of the scenes, and we wrapped the film maybe three or four different times, thinking we were done, mm-hmm. and after the last time, everyone would always say, okay, now it's time to really kill Christy, you know, it was like... <laughs> It was a running joke for four years, and it finally wasn't <laughs> funny anymore, and I'm still alive and well, so I don't think they're going to pick me off because there's a sequel. So. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to give that away. Yeah, Lydia, they had the sequel there. You could see the uh, preview for it, and at first I refused to because I didn't want to ruin it, but it doesn't ruin anything by seeing that that preview. Like, yeah, you want to explain? Yeah, a little... we, we try to keep it pretty elusive and, yeah. you know, open-ended. It's kind of a guy investigating the murders, and he's at the the actual uh, farmhouse, right? Oh, right. cool. Okay. Right. The new character is Andrew, and he's an investigative journalist. And he's trying to put the pieces together. Where is Charlotte? What happened to her? You know, who is this guy, David? Why is she his mirror? You know, there's got to be more to the story. Fantastic. So he's answering all the questions that everybody still has. Basically. 
voice, including us, you know, as the writers of the movie, we're just writing what we wanted to find out about the characters, so it's it's been a huge, you know, challenge, but a lot of fun to, to put it all together, and the twist and, you know, the plot line of this new movie, I'm even more excited about than Pieces of Talent, which you met me, you know how excited I am and enthusiastic about Pieces of Talent. The sequel is going to kick butt. I can't wait. <laughs> wow. Holy smokes. That's cool. When, when is that coming out? I'm already excited. Well, it'll be out this time next year. Okay. We are, we are in pre-production um, early this summer, and then we'll be shooting in the fall, and Joe will be editing it throughout the winter. So. i, I got to ask you this. I know Lydia, Lydia wants to ask you something, but uh, I have something I, I wanted to throw at you here because uh, we're talking about the giddiness of David Long. Um, did you ever start cracking up when you're, like, dealing with his antics in front of you? he doesn't really act funny in any scenes with Charlotte, not mm, too much. True. Um, the only thing is really in the bowling alley. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, that was funny, but really, like, to be totally honest, we shot that scene at four in the morning, <laughs> um, and I hadn't eaten all day, and I was, like, smoking, like, tobacco without a filter and <laughs> pretending like it was a joint, so I was, like, sick from nicotine it wasn't funny to me at all i just wanted to go to sleep at that point so that's like the one scene where they're laughing together but i i wasn't i wasn't actually like backing up i was just um pretending forcing yeah all right david david is so dynamic to watch just um you know on set like one of one of the scenes that i do remember laughing and enjoying him was when he kills um Oh. Nathan, you know the shotgun scene. Um, I know the shotgun scene um, well. Yes. Yeah. So that was a live firearm. You know, I mean, that was scary, and we were all kind of on edge. But when he he starts laughing and he calls cut, <laughs> we knew that he was okay and he was still alive. And at that point, we had like a party and a celebration because he kind of probably could have gotten injured. You know, any bullets could have ricocheted off all that on the equipment. And True. So he's definitely a little daredevil himself, but a lot of fun. And, um, if you ever get a chance to meet him, like, he'll be at Cinema Leaf Lane this weekend. Oh, man. He comes out to conventions every once in a while, but he's a really, really dynamic person and just completely magnetic. All the good good parts of David, all the fun and, like, sweet qualities are the real David, and he's not actually, like, deranged and scary. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you, you killed the mystery. But no, I'm glad to hear that actually, because he's freaking me out. Now, um, I don't know how many times I've watched this movie, but I, I can't help but laugh at him too. They're just something. I mean, when he has that speed, the megaphone and he's laughing and at, at the scene you know, with the actor out in the field. No I d- oh my God. And then he just starts laughing in the background. It's just so funny. I mean, you can't help but laugh at that, even though you know something horrific's about to happen. Great though, it adds that kind of like situational irony. It's like mm-hmm. it, it makes you feel bad as a person, which I think is like the most compelling part. Is like you want to hang out with this guy, you have a beer with him, <laughs> and you don't understand why. <laughs> that is the challenge. True. Yeah, I, I agree. All right. So I want to ask you to now soundtrack. Do you know any of these people on the soundtrack? Because it's amazing. And you were wearing a T-shirt at one point as well. I thought it was a band. I'm not sure. I like yes, to track these things. Band. Um, so the soundtrack to the film is available on the website for download for free. I guess 
probably already got it. Um, um, Lydia told me about that, and so did actually Joe told me yeah. at the show. I didn't do it yet myself. Well, a lot of all of the bands on the soundtrack, Goodnight Curses is Joe's personal one man band, and the rest of them are local musicians to North Carolina. So they're all friends of ours. I know a couple of them very well. Cool. Um, Kristen McCree in particular, she, she plays the first song at the beginning of the movie, and she's become a close friend of mine since, you know, we've, we've put her on the soundtrack and shooting it. And, um, yeah, Joe knows everybody else, like, really well. So Chrissy is a friend of mine, and um, obviously Joe is a friend of mine, too. Um, but it's nice we tried to use, or we did only use local artists, local musicians, local actors. Everything is 100% outsourced from North Carolina, and we just kept it really, like, I, I, I admire that. I love that. that. That's great. I totally admire that. Lydia, what do you think about that? The band um, T-shirt is yeah, a no, shot down. It's really. actually a band that I saw play at a house right. show in mm-hmm. 2009, maybe, and they threw out a T-shirt, and I wore it to the audition. It was like the only kind of like angsty clothes that I had. <laughs> and I showed up at the audition trying to like pretend like I really was Charlotte. You know, I'm not a smoker, but I like had a pack of cigarettes in my back pocket. It was laid on purpose. My hair was mess. And then I just kind of like came in as Charlotte and I fooled them. I made them think that I was her. I was a little like depressed and a little like Debbie Downer, but like happy, <laughs> you know, like all the layers, right? And I tricked them and thinking I was right for the role because if I showed up as Christy, like in a sundress, they wouldn't have thought I could do it. So <laughs> I just shielded, I guess. And, and they said, wear that shirt in the movie. It's great. So I called the guys in the band and they were like, of course you can wear a shirt in the movie. That's awesome. So those guys, like they obviously dig the exposure too, which is fun. So Cool. Very cool. Yeah. Lydia, did you have something? I didn't mean to interrupt you before. No, that's okay. I was just going to go on about the soundtrack, but <laughs> I noticed that shirt, too, and I thought, what a shirt to wear. <laughs> and that's the one that you were wearing in the audition in the film as well? Right, yeah, which is which got added much later. I mean, the first cut of the movie, we didn't have that audition scene in there, but I wanted to... Um, I, I made the suggestion that we should give Jay Harper, like, a little bit of a backstory because originally he didn't have one. He just kind of showed up at the farm. And we thought, what if he's, like, a young kid casting an indie film and Charlotte auditions for it and they just shit all over her, you know? And so we went in one day just, like, a tiny man crew and just shot that, and the guys improv it, and it was hilarious. I mean, I was... That was one point where I was sitting on the other end of the camera trying really hard not to laugh because... Taylor Kowalski and uh, the other guy, Shane, were just killing it with their lines. Their one-liners about Whoopi Goldberg and the Eastland <laughs> set and the whatever. I mean, there's, like, outtakes in the two-disc special edition, which we're out of right now, but <laughs> they say things like, oh, you know, you should get in touch with your spirit animal. You know, for you, it might be like a like a warthog, you know, or maybe like a cow, and they're just, like, really mean. Like, the things they were saying were terrible and it was really hard not to laugh so that was a lot of fun but we had the audition got added in much later and um 
all those headshots on the wall are actually, like, crew members. You just check pictures of everybody in the crew. Like, the dog is on the wall. David Long is on the wall. Joe's on the wall. It's so funny. <laughs> and dog. we just hide them all up there, and nobody knows. Like, our sound guy's up there, the first AC, you know, our makeup lady. Everybody's headshots on the wall. So that's we, we have a lot of, like, fun things hidden in there. Cool. Very cool. I'm going to look for it again. I have to watch it again. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what was the most challenging scene for you to shoot? Was there one or was it just all a good time? Definitely the finale. Yeah. Absolutely. The Watching finale. the film itself. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, it was just emotionally taxing. Like, that's all real emotion. If you if you put yourself in Charlotte's situation and you watch your mother say those things about you. Oh, man. That's like, that's, it's, it's like horrific, you know? So it was easy to get there, I guess because of Barbara Wheatman's performance. I mean, she does an incredible job. Yes. But just doing the scene, we only shot it twice, and it was it was supposed to be like a one a one and go, but something, you know, just didn't feel exactly right. So David and I made some adjustments physically, like at the end there, where Charlotte kind of attacked David. And it takes a lot of trust to do something like that, because I wanted it to come off very real and very authentic, and David was just afraid he was going to hurt me. And I was like, you know, whatever happens, I'm okay with it. Let's just get the shot and make people feel something. And so at that point, he just kind of allowed, like, physically whatever was going to happen, happen. <laughs> Very intense physically and emotionally, but I think we're really, oh, yeah. really pleased with it. I, I love the finale. I think it's great finale. Where we wanted it to. Yeah, very intense for a long period of time, which was great. And uh, Lydia was just talking about, and we were talking about the mother. Uh, what's her name that plays the mother? Her name is Barbara Wheatman, yeah. and she plays Mary. And I mean, I think she kills it. She she yeah. won Best Actress in New York City for the role. She's fantastic. I think she completely makes the movie with that scene in the bathroom mm-hmm. where she's talking about Charlotte yeah. in a good way, you know, and she's not just a flat, drunk character. Like, she's got a lot of depth, too, and I love that about her, I think. Um, Definitely. Uh, she just pulled it out of the water. Well, we appreciate your time here. I hope to have you on again. Why don't you uh, tell everybody how to find you, where to find you, and the movie? Yeah, absolutely. We we have um, a couple social media pages. We've got a Facebook for Pieces of Talent. If you just you know, type that into the search bar. We also have one for the sequel that's coming up soon. It's called A Missing Piece. A mm-hmm. Missing Piece, called exactly how you think. Um, I run the social media for both of those sites, and we're really interactive with the fans. I also have an acting website, christyray.net, or you can find me on Facebook, too. I have an actor page there. And we're on Instagram, at ObeyTheTape, O-B-E-Y-T-H-E-T-A-P-E, as well as Twitter, Pieces of Talent, all that good stuff. You can find all this information on the website, piecesoftalent.com, with clickable links to each social media site. And I hope you guys check out the movie and enjoy it. They will. I think we'll get a lot of people to watch it. Lydia, anything else before we let her go? No, that's pretty much that's it. Thanks for your time, though. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thanks Thank for an you awesome guys. I, I hope you have a wonderful evening, and I'll talk soon, okay? Yeah, we'll talk to you soon. Have a good show at Summer Wasteland. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Christy Ray. Thank you. Okay. Well, she, yeah, how about that? I'm so glad she could call in. Um, but yeah, I guess, uh, you are spot on with, uh, the character of Mary, the mother. Oh God. Yeah. I mean, so she, she won best actress at a festival for that. That's interesting. I mean, maybe there's something in that, that character that we all relate to and, and despise. (laughs) What do you think? 
Yeah. Or no, do you love her for it? Like, well, no. <laughs> Simple as that. No. No. I can't. She's not endearing at all. Mm. Um, her little tricksy ways at the beginning are kind of endearing, you know, like sneaking this and sneaking oh, yeah. that and fib into her daughter, little white lies. That's kind of enchanting, but yes. <laughs> it fades pretty quickly when she gets stupider and stupider, more drunk and more drunk. I liked the the hiding of the little bottles into there. You know, she's on her way to work and she's snab snagging all those little uh, liquor bottles to take with her on her <laughs> journey to work. <laughs> but um, you know what? Something that really got to me with this movie, why it stuck with me. Um, I don't. I I think it is the same way with you out there. But when out in P Pittsburgh or out in Pennsylvania, these long car rides that we go on, you, you have these highways and you look out and you see that house sitting out in the middle of the field. And you wonder, does somebody live there? If they do, they've they've got to be creepy. What is going on out there? That, that house has a story, and they monopolized on that. And this uh, thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, where I grew up was a lot like that. There's all kinds of like abandoned shacks and like strange, rundown places that you sort of wonder about. But then eventually, five years later, it's some friend of yours, relative. And you get to see inside that house. And, yeah, I know, like, living out in the countryside, uh, it is a small little world, but, like, that way. Um, and even just last weekend, I was looking at some abandoned hotel to go and. Really? Uh, what for exactly are you going to? Are you, uh, <laughs> just to be inspired? That's in the middle of the country. Mm -hmm. So, no, that's not, like, untoward to me. That's not something out of workshops like that in the country real isolated no, that's the only reason he gets away with it that was a question that i meant to pose to christy was is that farmland owned by somebody who did the film because they just do so much there was no way that it was borrowed <laughs> I, I wouldn't want to lend anyone my property for that. i know Jesus. yeah i know seriously i yeah it looked like it had been lived in and maybe i don't know i i'm sure they added the shotgun shells um, what, what is your opinion when, when he is, uh, cause it's the scene that gets to me the most, I think is, uh, when David Long is, you know, the bathtub, um, is he envisioning himself in hell? Um, is that what he's seeing? Is he seeing an afterlife and they're coming after him? Is he paranoid? All the above. It's either going to be one of two things and I'm no good at film study here this way when me it either. comes to. Well, no, like definitively mm -hmm. um, labeling the psyche of somebody. That's either his wildest dream or his worst nightmare. I don't know, though, mm -hmm. which extreme that is, because I, can't, I don't know exactly what he thinks of it. Okay. It looks horrifying and terrible, but he's kind of a horrifying and terrible person. Yes. So that could be something he's enjoying. So this <laughs> is his, you know, he's lost in La La Land. This is a spank bank. Or... <laughs> <laughs> to be crude, right? No. Or, you? <laughs> Please, you're allowed. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that, uh, or this is something instilled in him since childhood, and this is the, mm. the, the demon he's fighting, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Because, uh, I mean, I, that's where he's different than a lot of... Um, if you ever see a movie called Don't Go Into the House, very similar to Maniac, uh, same time period, late 70s. Um, this guy, he, he's a very Norman Bates type character and this is a good revisit for you. And it's one of my favorites from back then. 
Um, you know, because of his mother, I believe he's he's abducting women and, and torturing and killing them. But it, this one's a little more creepy because he does keep seeing them in his house um, over and over, and whether in skeleton form or other forms, and they do attack him in his nightmares and daydreams even. Um, that's where I, like I, David Long, I, he, this guy has that similar thing happening, but also like, um, he, for a villain to ad- admit that he he's probably going to that other place. I'm not really used to that because usually they see themselves as doing the right thing. What they're doing is right and good. This guy knows he's doing bad <laughs> or does he? I mean, he has to. It sort of reminds me of, um, uh, is it Vincent D'Onofrio? Is that mm. him in The Cell, his character in The Cell? Oh, wow. That that, yeah, that's a good one I forgot about. Wow, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, I have mixed feelings about Cell. I like a lot of things about yeah. The Cell, but there's a lot of things I don't like about Cell. Right. Um, yeah, I'm with you <laughs> sound, on that. I like the sound design. I mean, I like that a lot. But, yeah. Um, and I like that character. Um his, his basic character. He reminds me a lot of him in a way, although sunny side up version of him with actually smiling and the way David is. Um, but his dark place, as it were, reminds me of that character. A really dark place. Uh, yes. But and it's funny too. We just heard, um, we, we just heard Christy Ray say the same thing that, I mean, there are parts that, you know, the irony where it's just like when he breaks into that, um, the director's pool into his house and he's swimming and having a blast by himself. <laughs> I was laughing hysterical because he's acting like nothing is wrong. The guy comes home and the guy's reaction is just cartoonish, hilarious. Just like, you know, what the hell are you doing? Get the hell out of my pool. And he's just like, Oh no, it's no big deal. <laughs> it's no big There's deal. There's a couple of really cool shifts in tone and mood and filming technique mm-hmm. and everything in this film. And that's one of them too. That's like the, I, I, I don't want. I want to say the most glaring, but the glaring sounds like a bad word. <laughs> but it is like the most glaring example of them completely switching speeds, and they 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 audially switch speeds. They visually switch speeds. The look of David switch speeds. That's like a really refreshing bit, and it's weird because he's splashing in water over and over, mm-hmm. over yeah. and over again, which Uh-oh. is inherently refreshing. But <laughs> did you laugh? Really Did you laugh when you saw that scene? really laugh i'm not much of a laugher not much of a laugher yeah okay i probably didn't blink during it (laughs) (laughs) well um i don't know this one's a keeper to me pieces of talent.com folks if you want to check it out and purchase it i and from what i hear the soundtrack is downloadable for free there very much worth it um i enjoyed it it's a good revisit too even if you've already seen it and now we have a sequel to look forward to i think you're looking forward to it yeah, definitely follow them on Facebook because then you'll get news on uh, the sequel and you'll get all kinds of news about their appearances. Yes. You want to see them. Indeed, indeed. Yeah. Well, do you have anything else for us? Anything you want to let us know? Anything anything to plug these days outside of what you already told us? De- mm. Dead air, of course. We know about that now. Yeah, that's, you know, I, I haven't got much going on right now except for trying to finish the sequel tonight, Face. I've actually dialed back on a lot of projects mm-hmm. so that I can get more writing done Okay, because I need to get it out. Like night phase one took me 10 years. I don't want that to happen again. Mm, I understand. Um, that. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, what are you working on right now? Well, um, I'll tell you the second book is doing better than the first right now. Dwelling in the dark is out. Um, 
And yeah. the fall of tomorrow was the the, you know, the beginning, kind of. And this one is more of a companion, we'll say. Um, as a caller called in earlier and, and said that, and it's a good term. It is. It's a pre- prequel sequel, but also it's 11 stories that stand on their own, too. You don't need to read the first one. Um, but there's a third one in the making, and I have the first two chapters of Charlie uh, Child's Tale of Terror. Um, in, at the end of Dwelling in the Dark, you get a teaser. Um, it's in there, and we'll see what people think. But that's going to be coming out from Burning Bulb Publishing as well, www.burningbulbpublishing.com. And I, I, I'm recently involved with um, a, a project with Maddie Von Stark, um, Book 38. Have you heard of this? Mm, uh, yes, I have on Maddie's Facebook. Okay. And Twitter. There, yeah, yeah, 38 of the most abandoned and haunted places in the world, and you had to pick one. If they liked it, you're in. I got in. So, um, I'm, oh, cool. yeah, short story, but Lydia, I don't know where you are with short stories. I, I despise them because I need 20 or 30 pages to get things going. Um, it's tough for me, so it's a real challenge <laughs> to make a point in four pages, five pages. Yeah, no, then you can revise it though, right? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's it's tough when you have a, you know, 1,400 word story mm. and an editor is like, you know, I like them about six. And, yeah, I'm a short deep cuts. <laughs> yes, I'm a short story, short story snob, if you will. I, I I can't do it. I can do it. I just prefer not to. But I am honored with this task, so I I will enjoy this challenge, absolutely. And you you need to keep writing. Oh God, yeah. No, I have some. Uh, I have a few handwritten uh, short stories that are just kicking around in like notes, and I have. Um, 13 stories in just note form hmm. in just point form bits um, set aside as a collection. So I've been puttering aside uh, from working on night face too. I've been puttering that happens, um, but I've taken, yeah, I've taken like some, you know, detours here and there when I had, uh, it was one of the cheese series reading nights or a launch. It wasn't a launch for postscripts to darkness. It must've been a cheese series reading series that we have here in Ottawa I think we have them every three months. They have them monthly in Toronto and Vancouver. Um, and I read the first chapter of Night Face mm-hmm. to a packed room. It nice. was probably 50 people. And I know bands that have said they haven't had that many people at a show true. in a while. That is so absolutely true. I pretty good about that. Oh, it totally is. And and at a, a near-standing ovation, and people <sighs> still talk about the reading. So it makes me feel good about what's to come for the novel. Wow. Because that is... You know, I'm doing it, I wrote it all chapter by chapter linearly, and I'm editing it linearly, you know, as well. So the first chapter's done. The second chapter is now done. Third chapter is done. I need to keep reading it. But, <laughs> um, so I, I've taken some detours with it and done some appearances and stuff and Horror Writers Association related stuff at the last Pop Expo here in Ottawa. So it's not all writing. <laughs> <laughs> some reading. <laughs> That's really cool. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd be leery of doing that in front of a packed room, but these days you got to do what you got to do. And listening to, listening to music. Have you gone to any shows or picked up any good albums lately? Well, yeah. Brain. It's bleak, but I, yeah, I found something recently. I kind of like, uh, what, oh, uh, Kill, Kill It Kid. It's a female fronted, um, sort of rock metal band, but they had, they're, they're more rock if you listen to their older stuff. I, I, I really dig um, to, oh, shoot, I can't think of their name now. Torn to Pieces is a song. Oh, my goodness, I forgot their name. Um, oh, 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 uh, Avatar. I like Avatar. Have you heard yeah. them? Okay, cool. I love Avatar. They're oh, yeah. fun. That's a fun band. Um, torn Apart. Yeah. Torn Apart. Yeah, that's got a good video to it. Yes, too. yes. Uh, 
I oh. wish I want them to come here so bad. Oh, me too. Hail the Apocalypse is a great video. You ever see that where he's, seen... he's cranking the music box? Oh, man. That's a good one. Oh, maybe I have. They have a lot of carnival-themed ones. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's a good front man. He looks like the crow. It's... <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I kind of that. I've been digging a little bit um, here and there. It's it, Music has been kind of bleak, but I did get tickets for Jane's Addiction, Rob Zombie in June, and oh, I guess that's it right now. I know Prong is coming back. I did go see Prong. I don't know if you were ever a fan of theirs. No, I wasn't, but I, I know who Prong is. You probably know who That's cool. Are. Yeah, that was a good time. That was a really good time. But yeah, that, that's about it. I mean, it's even XM Sirius has been letting me down lately. So I'm digging into like my friends and their bands, and I've been playing some stuff here. Vermithrax is a good metal band from Pittsburgh. If you're into like dream theater type stuff, uh, prog metal, very very popular here, and they're good. Nice guys, very nice guys. Oh, and I am staring at uh, a, a vinyl album given to me by Todd Porter uh, of the Cheats. Mm-hmm. Um, he gave me the their new. Um, it's it's Electric Frankenstein versus the Cheats, two bands on one vinyl, big beautiful vinyl album he gave me. I just got, I just went and got another tattoo, and he did it for me, and that's just something he he gave me. And I'm gonna be playing some Cheats stuff soon. They're fun if you like your punk rock. Yeah, we had some Cheats on. Um, mm-hmm. I think it, it wasn't the last time I was on. It was the time before that. Definitely, yes, cool. we did. Yeah, I, I wasn't sure where you were with them. I thought you might have liked it. Yeah, they're all right. I don't know. I'm just picky with music, and I only collect so much, but I still have the cheats on my Good. big cavernous cave of music. I, t- I talked to him about Silent Order, because you uh, gave us that one to play, and I dug them a lot. Oh, yeah. They're fun. That's a great... I, I really like their sound. Yeah, I was hoping that you'd be able to catch them when they toured through there. Mm, which was, I wish. Cool, are they still around, then? They are, they are still kicking it? Yeah, I think they have a show coming up for Ottawa Explosion. I think that's happening... Over this weekend, if not, then Bleak Life Fest, which happens, I think, in June, but okay. I don't remember. Well, I guess yeah. that's, uh, we even threw in a little music segment. I guess we really did miss our wax teeth. Um, I, appreciate, <laughs> I appreciate everybody, uh, especially, you know, you guys, of course, you guys calling in like this and having you on the show, Lydia, is always great. And thank you to uh, Christy Ray and uh, my boy Ken from Pittsburgh, a teacher in Pittsburgh, called in earlier today. Uh, that was, I wasn't ready for that one. Um, and um, as always, you can find me. I at... want to do a shout out. Oh, no, oh, shout out. Go for it. Yeah. yeah. You're on. Um, aside from going to check out Dead Air. Yes. Um, in Pennsylvania, there is a podcast out of there named BTK, Bind Torture Cast, and that's cast with a K. And you can find them on Facebook and Stitcher and all that stuff. That is the first place I'd heard pieces of talent mentioned by oh, okay. fans of that film. So you can go and listen to their episode about the film. And any episode, because it's one of my all-time favorite podcasts, I'd done a little review of some of my favorite podcasts, and I figured we'd get all meta and talk about podcasts on the podcast while we podcast. <laughs> and... <laughs> If you're sick of that, you can go to my website at nightface.ca or typicallydia.com and read that, among other things, and get Dead Air and Dead Cells, my horror anime podcast that was a small segment, so it's like a really short podcast if you're attention deficit. (laughs) Like me. Did you really think I wasn't going to let you plug your stuff? Come on. (laughs) I always do that. But yeah, of course, now it's up to you to come up with the next film. Oh, God. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll get back to you on that because I kind of want to talk about uh, Wrong Turn too. Ooh, interesting. I don't know. Yeah, we we yeah. left off with that. Um, we were going to do that a while ago, I think. And I, well, I like yeah. the hillbilly horror, right? And even <laughs> though this isn't like Pieces of Talent isn't technically a hillbilly horror, it's got some of those elements that I really, really dig. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yep. Thought of you immediately when I saw this one. But, um, yeah. So uh, where else did, did you plug everything where we can find you in Twitter yeah. too? Okay. I'm at Fairly Dark on Twitter and um, check out if you want some good horror that's out right now. I'm getting some good reviews on this anyway. Um, you can go to FairlyDarkProductions.com for the first one, The Fall of Tomorrow. Also Amazon.com for both. And you can find Dwelling in the Dark there as well. Got to pay the bills, folks. And I appreciate you listening. And um, I think you'll hear Wax Teeth again in the near future. Once uh, Lydia, I think Wrong wrong Turn 2 might be it. Do you think that's going to be the next one? I don't know. We'll palaver. We'll discuss. We'll discuss. Okay. And thanks again for listening, folks. And uh, I don't know, Lydia, you got anything else before I say good night? Good night. No, that's it. Um, I had a really awesome time hanging out. Once again. Okay, folks, but before we go out, we want to go out with a song. And uh, Lydia introduced me to this band. Uh, you there? Yeah, go we're going to do Nothing by Black Claw, and they're from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And a really good friend of mine that's actually from my hometown is a lead singer and songwriter. That's what I like to hear. Yeah, we always have to have our music segment. And, uh, yeah, this was a really cool introduction. I saw it on on your page, and I was really curious. And then sure enough, and he's cool with us playing playing this? Oh, totally. He's excited. He's in China right now working on some film. I don't know. Uh, the last thing that I watched that he was involved in was Leprechaun, The Origins, and what was before that? Uh, Hunting in Connecticut. Oh, he's yeah. He's on a lot of other stuff, doing dailies and sound. So, yeah, he's he's busy, but he gives a thumbs up, and he's going to listen from China when he gets a chance. Awesome. He's pretty excited. So, yeah, this particular song I shared along with uh, tease about working on this particular episode with you tonight because the song reminded me of david long's psyche perfect kind of oh i like the tie-in absolutely like to mix it up like that and yeah it sounds like i'd like to meet this friend of yours too someday so yeah all right so this is nothing by black claw
Welcome to Ringside with Ray and Prince. My name is Ray Leonard Jr. Oh, that's no, that's just my dad. My name is Prince Daniels Jr. Daniels again with a big home. On this show, we come to humanize athletes, entertainers, business executives. We're going to see what makes them tick. Tuesdays, 10 a.m. Pacific time on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and wherever you get your podcast. We'll see you there. Peace and power. Electric acid. Hey there, fabulous souls. I'm Stephanie Baklaan. And I'm Eden Alpert. And we're the hosts of the brand new podcast, Unapologetically Fab. Get ready to join us on an amazing and real journey as we dive into life after 40 and own it. We're all about changing the narrative, leaning into who you are, and living a life by your own design. Join us as we embrace life unapologetically and redefine success. This is Unapologetically Fab. An Electric Cast production. See you there.